This is the third part, uh, the third case study of the psychology of buying, the psychology of pricing, why we buy, the, why we, how, how the biggest companies in our economy are using things on purpose to help encourage buying. And I wanted to start this series because I think there is a, um, I think this is just good business fodder. I think it's good educationally. But also, see, I mean, B, I'm going to try and uh, try and correlate that to what I see in dentistry. And some of these, like I said, will just be just simply that. It'll just be a, a examples of how it's a, a cool business thing, and that's it. There's no, there's no analog to that of dental. But um, because this is a dental podcast, I'm trying to loop things back in. Okay, so... Um, if you're just tuning in again, we've done, um, we've done one on Ikea, we've done one on Costco and, I'm, and, and drew in the correlation to dentistry in those. This is part three of, uh, or this is the third one. This is going to talk about Apple and, and this is mainly going to be focusing on the packaging and the experience of what the packaging helps create, um, which is probably one of the harder things to kind of try to loop back into dentistry. Although you're going to see there's an example towards the end where it's talking about sensory multi-sensory stuff. I think that is the, the, uh, the takeaway from the Apple process. Um, if you're, if you don't know who I am, my name is Dr. Peter Bold and I am a co-founder of the Bulletproof Dental Practice podcast, along with my co-host, Dr. Craig Spodak in Delray Beach, Florida. Um, and together we have about 45 years of dental experiences, seven locations between us. And our mission is to create life-changing impact for dental entrepreneurs through our Bulletproof pathway, through our conferences, our summits, our masterminds, all the things. All the things. Okay. So without further ado, I'm going to change this. And you can see here now we've got a new fancy branding. You see to follow us and subscribe and all the things, right? These are, uh, this is a template on the new service we're using. So I encourage you to uh, engage with us on Instagram. It's Apple Approved uh, Dental Practice. Looking at the YouTube channel, um, go join our Mighty Networks at bulletproof.dental if you haven't done so. Things like that. Things like that. We have the bulletproofsummit.com, which talks about the next summit. We have Bulletproof Mastermind, which talks about uh, mastermind.com, which talks about our upcoming mastermind classes. All the things. It's just fun. Fun. Helping dentists grow. All right. So, again, I gave a lot of context to um, why I thought this was going to be a little bit harder because we're really just going to be focusing on Steve Jobs as a human and uh, the packaging as it relates to the iPhone. So number one, and this is these are all been based on this uh, thread that this guy named Trung Phan has done on on Twitter. Who I and it was done back in you know almost a year ago, but I saved it and I was like, God, this would be good fodder, good content. Everything is content um, for the podcast uh, and and looping things in. Okay, I feel like I'm rambling now. So. The first one, the first example, Steve Jobs announced in 2007 that the iPhone was coming out. I kind of remember those that time period, actually. Um, I remember thinking, like, this is the weirdest shaped looking phone I've ever seen. I remember getting my first text message, as a matter of fact, and being like, what, it, what, what is this? I didn't even understand it. How did this person write me? Um, but during the presentation of his 2007 reveal, he noted that it had been noted that Apple filed for 200 patents for the device. And one of the patents was the actual packaging for the case. So it's unusual in certain instances like this where 
um, some of the intellectual property, like the IP is associated with packaging. So right then off the gate, like Jobs was obsessed with making sure that the packaging, even that experience was protected from an IP standpoint. Um, so Jobs, and number two, so Jobs and his, uh, and another employee, he had a longstanding employee, Johnny Ive, they understood the value of packaging and they basically Ives or Ive recounts that Steve and I spent a lot of time on packaging. I love the process of unpacking something. You design a ritual of unpacking to make the product feel special. Packaging can be theater. Um, number three, as someone who has uh, seen the, before their iPhone, has gotten an iPhone box, right? They know that it's a special thing. Being the cardboard special, the pictures are vivid. It feels substantial in your hands. And this is because they have literally put in so much design and prototype. There's, there's someone who has a packaging room at Apple and hundreds of prototypes and they keep increasing that experience just like they keep in increasing their software or increasing their hardware, right? It, it is, it is uh, what am I saying? It is being modified no different than the hardware and software making the experience. It's almost following in suit to that because jobs, was obsessed with that whole initial experience. Even before you use the, the phone, even before you hold the phone in your hand, even before you use the iOS operating system. Okay. So number four. So what are what are they looking for when they were going through this, this packaging thing? So Jobs wanted to make sure it had this luxurious feel to the boxes, right? Does it feel almost has that matte finish, right? It feels luxurious in your hands. Does it have the right amount of friction when you open it? create that drag and that brief pause when you open it there's that air pocket like phew, release right it has to be just right so no different than when a mag magician reveals something jobs knew the power of anticipation and designed that into the packaging and the reveal of the iphone so this is again all before you um before you even use the product and so if we kind of stop for a second and say like, how does this, could this apply to dentistry, right? From a packaging standpoint, I think that, that it starts presenting this psychology of this is going to be different, right? This is going to be a different experience. And uh, what, what I think about in this example is what we used to use when someone would either a ask about, well, let me, can I even, can I see a veneer or can I see one of your crowns or can I see an all on um, X, denture we don't just put it in our hand and be like here it is and then swing around from behind them in the operatory and be like come to the chair and be like here it is we actually like had them designed in like almost like jewel boxes right like have you ever gone to a jeweler and you've been presented with a necklace they won't just like pull it out of the thing and hand it over to you they'll actually put it in a display case that has silk in it or velvet or something right and you'll open up this box it's a wooden box and it's beautiful and it's been stained and it's heavy and it's substantial and all these things. It's been stained like, you know, dark wood color, whatever it may be. And they're handing it over to you and it has this perfect light on it because that's part of the experience. That's creating value. So I used to do the same thing with actually presenting uh, veneers in that it creates value. And it says to someone, this is going to be a different level of product. And then people start understanding, well, yeah, there's a reason why their veneers are a little more expensive. It's because they're a better product. They treat them almost like with the white gloves, you know, you put them on those white gloves and hand them over <laughs> as opposed to the, the, you know, putting them in, putting it in the palm of your hand and swinging around saying, here it is, Ms. Jones, here's our crowns and kind of catch. 
So Jobs understood the magic of the reveal, right? And I think we can also, uh, you heard my dental example. So unboxing things and unwrapping things is kind of a phenomenon. And YouTube has brought that to the limelight. I don't know how much of you guys watch YouTube, but the unboxing videos, whether it's unboxing an iPhone or unboxing that newest product, but the unboxing, quote unquote, unboxing videos are this like phenomenon and people get millions of views. Like if you're looking at this example, what I have on the screen, um, these examples of like, a, this dude's getting like 11 million views every time he unboxes something. And so what, what is this? What is this? It plays right into our, this curiosity gap. It's called, it's our psychological need to close the information deficit between what we know and what we want to know, right? Not what we don't know, but what we want to know. And so we stick around, even though we stick around for the boxing, the unboxing, and that's why these videos have millions of views and people have capitalized on just that itself because these content providers get paid for the, the the level of views that they get. So if you're getting 10 million views by simply just unboxing something, like that's a pretty good gig, pretty good gig. Okay, number six. So this is where I think it's the most applicable to dentistry. And I'm trying to loop in at every junction I can a story about dentistry to make us better practice owners, better leaders, better experience creators, all the things. So this is where I feel like there's something we can learn. And um, so iPhones are the multi-sensory experience by design. I think we should look at our practices the same way. And I talk about this a lot um, in the five senses. You know, we talk about this in the mastermind a fair amount. We talk about this. I think it's in the Bulletproof uh, Field Manual where we give it the summits. But it's, you know, looking at things from, you know, we have five senses. We were given five senses, you know, sight and sound and hearing and taste. And all these things are, are important in this in the context of the dental office, especially because usually people are a little nervous to be there. So we can start using this multi-sensory experience. So let me stay with the Apple, the iPhone example for a second. And then we'll jump right into kind of the, the, the things that I think we can augment or look at in the dental experience. Okay, so the iPhone experience, you see the box. It's a beautiful box. It looks substantial. It looks heavy. It looks heavy-duty cardboard. It's kind of matte finished. Like I said, it's thicker cardboard. You see this box, okay? So that's number one. Number two, when you're opening it, you're feeling that friction. So you can almost feel it and hear it at the same time as you're kind of opening up this reveal. Number three is you hear this whoosh of air rushing out because it's a tight, precise, engineered fit. Even the box is engineered to be kind of precise, not sloppy. So it adds to this theater and creates this powerful memory recall. Like, um, like we talked about in the Ikea case study where it's the cinnamon bun, right? It's the, the cinnamon signifies the reward at the end or the hot dog in the Costco example signifies this like value proposition that you you made it through the end and you got now you're even thrown in your face again the value of wow a cheap hot dog i can't believe the value this place is amazing and you leave with that sentiment we should be doing the same things maybe not so much on exit although i think that you can do that but it should be through curated the whole process so um, again, the senses, I think it's really important. I think smell is one of the most important senses in dentistry and one of the most important senses that we must overcome because how many of you guys, I, I get told this all the time, is that, hey, that smell of dental office, like 
people, my friends will come up to me and, and they still have horror stories of the eugenol smell, right? Even though eugenol is not used that prevalently anymore in a lot of practices, but it, it's such a visceral response from people who remember that experience, remember that smell of cloves or whatever it may be. I guess it's cloves. Eugenol is a clove, but it smells clovey. <laughs> um, I guess it's an essential oil at some point, but it's very, it's, it's a very distinct smell, right? And so they remember that and they remember the pain or the bad experience that they had at that point in time. Um, so people, you know, that can create this, like I said, this visceral response to overcome that in dentistry. I think that we should be focusing on the smells that are good. Maybe it's not cinnamon buns, but have you ever heard of offices that actually have like the cook, they bake the cookies and such now, right? They create the, those Otis Spunkmeyer cookies. I used to work at a, my first practice I ever worked at, um, at, you know, baked cookies. And I think it was to overcome that experience, to overcome that whole eugenol effect. Um, I'm coining the term eugenol effect now, apparently. Um, but, you know, it was to overcome that. And then in dentistry, I think we can start even going one step further, meaning at the end of the experience, I think you can be spraying towels with things that are synonymous with spas, whether it's eucalyptus or lavender or, um, you know, I don't know more of the sense than that. But, you know, putting that on the hand towel as someone's getting cleaned up from, you know, impression material or whatever it may be, or just something to freshen up. It's the reason that airlines, you know, hand out a hot towel because it feels good. It's a, it's a memory associated with this is about to be a different experience, whether it's before dining or you're in first class or whatever it may be, right? So people associate that. There's powerful effects to, to the sounds, right? I think sounds are a big thing. People hear that that high-pitched, right, of turbine-driven and pieces, which is why electrics are are kind of a little bit better, and um, in my opinion, for combating that. Yes, they're a little more expensive. Yes, they're more involved, but there's a reason electrics are popular, and it's not just because they put out a massive amount of more torque. Yes, I know dentists love that they just go right through and they never stop, but right, the fact that they are so much more quiet, I think, starts combating that that recollection, that bad memory recall of maybe childhood or previous poor experiences that may have been had. I don't know. But again, sight, sound, hearing, smell, all um, the, the touch, and the, I'm sorry, yeah, the touch of things. That's why, you know, uh, so be looking, I guess I, I won't belabor this point, but be looking, audit your experience, audit your sensory experience from, from top to bottom, meaning visually from your website, you know, and then when someone enters your building, like how does your furniture look? How's the dust bunnies look? How's it clean? Is your staff, is staff, oh my gosh, I just got caught saying the thing that I bust people on the most. Is your, are your team members dressed well and polished? Are they, are they looking in the eye? Are they greeting you? All the things like audit from top to bottom, all the way through your experience and be focusing on this, on, on the senses of someone as a multi-sensory experience and where you, can you augment that? Right? Can you pipe in music? Right? Can you give someone noise canceling headphones? Can you pipe in scents? Can you make the chairs a little more comfortable? You know, can you make the you know? I don't know. Point is, is audit it. Look at it. Look for little incremental improvements that you can help implement. Not not everything right away, but just implement to increase the experience because the experience that the patient is going to receive is going to be the great differentiator going forward in our industry. Right? Dentistry. People can quote unquote, go and get dentistry anywhere, but they can't get the experience that you could potentially create in this curated experience where it's one that's focused on the site and the customer service and the smells and the sensory and all the things. 
You see? Okay. All right. I'm going to keep going down. So, um, again, this, this example number seven says, or number seven says even every small detail was, was, was looked upon in this ritual of opening, whether it's pulling the plastic off or looking at the earbuds that are held in this origami paper, you know, and all this happens before you actually get to their product of actually it being a phone. And you all this happens before you even turn the phone on. Um, and number eight says, even if you're not a fan of Apple, it's easy to see how a customer can use the heuristic meaning. And the quote is this, wow. If and so they're thinking this, the consumer's thinking this, wow, if they're spending this much time on the packaging, the rest is probably pretty good too. This is probably going to be a really kick-ass phone. Um, and so Jobs was kind of obsessed with that. And he, and he gives an ex story example of his father and he were building a fence. And basically the father said, you got to make the back of that fence look as good as the front, even though no one's going to ever see it, they will know. And I mean, I'm sorry, you will know, and that will show that you're dedicated to making something perfect. And so that's a quote by uh, Walter Isaacson, but you know, jobs talked about that is in terms of he wanted everything to be perfect, the experience to be perfect, the packaging to be perfect, the product to be perfect. And so he's obsessed with things, even things that people weren't going to necessarily see. Um, and that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool thing to be obsessed with that level of pay. I'm sorry, I'm going to say patient experience, that level of consumer experience. Um, and it's a reason why it's the number one. There's a reason why there's 2 billion phones made, 2 billion Apple uh, products. I'm sorry, iPhones have been made. It's a reason that they are kind of the leader in the stock market right now, right? Almost a multi-trillion dollar company. And I believe it starts with things like this, this psychology of, of, of make, creating value to the product in which they produce. Um, okay, so number nine says, Apple's packaging in general has a clear understanding of human psychology and how people shop, right? So they're using pictures more than words. They're using real life imagery on the, the front of the iPad uh, boxes or things like that. They're using big, cool imagery and they're using very clean, minimalistic designs, right? All these things go into it. And I think we can, we can correlate this to this of our website, meaning show, don't tell people about a product. Use video, don't, don't write a bunch of text down because people want, want, don't want to read much about things. They want to be told and shown. You know, even, even in your consultations, I always say, get a damn iPad when, you know, when you're trying to describe something, show them the cases you've done, show them the process of things you want to show, don't tell, use pictures, not words. Um, and that is the, that is how I'm going to correlate that, that one into dentistry. Number 10 is, um, is actually talking about the iPod and I'm actually the old school iPod and I'm not going to um, really go into that one because I don't think there's much to but number 11 is pretty funny. And I think it's, it's the sure sign that Apple packaging has reached a new level versus other consumer tech products is that people hoard these iPhone boxes. And it's actually a meme on the internet. And I, for one, started laughing when I saw this example because I have a little cabinet in my house where I have, it's like an, it's an iPhone museum, iPhone box museum where I haven't thrown them away. I don't know why I didn't. Maybe it's that psychology of why you never throw away even old credit cards because it's like, um, you know, you just feel like they have value. And so it's just funny. So there, it's, it's on Twitter, it's almost been a meme is that, and someone said this, this at Bissarat says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but throw away that boxer iPhone came in. You do not need it. You will never need it. And, um, and it had 
tons of retweets and likes and such associated with that. Cause I think, I think that strikes a chord with everyone. I think we all hoard, hoard our iPhone boxes, which is interesting, right? It is a, just a damn box, but we give it so much preferential value that we're, that we want to almost save it and think that we're going to keep it and reuse it as storage or maybe a jewel case or something. But, but that is, I agree with this last number 11, that is the surest sign it's reached a whole new plateau, a whole new level. Um, so that's it. I'm going to continue to kind of keep doing some of these case studies. Cause like I said, and I know I've, I emphasize this on the front end and now I'm doing it on the back end, but just because there's not a, a, a direct dental correlation to every one of these, I think it's good to kind of raise your business acumen. I think success leaves clues in all industries and it's just wise and fun and interesting. And, um, educating yourself on this is, uh, it's just good. It's just good. It's just good practice. So I'm enjoying this. I'm hoping you are as well. And we will see you next time on the Bulletproof Dental Practice Pod. This time, baby.